What do you do with a drunken researcher? What do you do with a drunken researcher? What do you do with a drunken researcher early in the morning? Nope, I'm done. Welcome to Unthinkable. I'm Jay Kunzo, and today it's time for another slingshot. These are short stories about creators who use their intuition to create exceptional side projects. Richard Litauer had just finished a night of drinking with his friends in San Francisco. And when he got home, his buddy asked him for some feedback for a website he just built. And at some point during the drunken slur, I was like, oh, you know, I could probably, this is a good feedback. I, I should charge people for this. The user is drunk.com or something. <laughs> I kind of shelved the idea for a few months. And then I was at a hackathon in Indonesia and I didn't know what to do. So I made a website within a couple hours, launched it, and it immediately went viral. And all of a sudden I was Richard Littauer, a drunk reviewer. The project sounds silly and funny enough, and initially, a lot of people thought so too. It got 100,000 views in the first day, um, which is a lot, mainly because it was just viral thing. Look at this guy, he's getting paid to get drunk. That's hilarious. Additionally, and maybe even more bizarrely, the user is drunk started attracting actual paying customers for Richard. So that means that, yes, he actually got paid to have a few drinks, get a good buzz on, and review websites on video for a number of companies. This included some reputable sites like Gizmodo, HubSpot, and Folio HD, and some less than reputable ones. I also did the third largest porn site in the world, but I don't need to talk about that. Agreed, Richard. Agreed. <laughs> but despite the laughs from a big audience and the unexpected paying customers, the user is drunk became a major source of stress for Richard. For example, on the startup message board, Hacker News, the top comment for a while was alcoholism is sad, which uh, I, I agree fully with, just for clarification. But at the time, I didn't really think, oh, this isn't me being an alcoholic. This is just me drinking with friends and then occasionally reviewing websites. But really, the vast majority of Richard's stress was internal. I would say that's very true. I am known by my friends as someone who beats himself up a lot. With the user is drunk, I really had to question myself, is this what I want to do? Is drinking professionally something that's interesting to me? Is it something that's going to help me down the road? Uh, why am I doing this? Why do I think this is fun? Richard started asking friends to come over and have a drink with him so he wasn't doing it alone. He raised his prices to keep customers at bay so he didn't drink too much. And he started saying no to some regular invites from friends to go out and grab drinks on the weekends. And I wondered, am I an alcoholic? Is this working? I don't think I am um, at all. I think this is something I, I basically did for fun and I never needed to do it. I never really like wanted another client to come in. But I did have to ask myself those questions. Basically, he had to rearrange his entire life and ask some seriously tough questions about lots of different things all from a project that started with that familiar internal spark of excitement that a lot of us have felt. I mean, who hasn't been in that moment where you just cackle to yourself right before launching a silly little side project in the hopes of getting a few laughs for yourself or for some friends? And here was one of those very same projects forcing its creator to take a hard look in the mirror.
There are other questions as well, such as, am I being a privileged white tech bro asshole right now? Um, which is something that I think a lot of people like me should be asking. I feel it a lot because I, I'm acutely aware of how privileged I am. I grew up in a upper middle class family in New England, a very affluent area of the world. I went to a first class university. I am able to drink all the time. I'm I'm male, so people don't, you know, add any negative connotations to it beyond the, the normal drinkingness. And I'm I'm a tech bro in some sense. And I had to wonder like if I was a black woman or a transgender man, like would this be the same? And I'm I'm not sure it would be. Most of Richard's friends told him, you don't really need to ask those questions. You're being ridiculous. But he found his core beliefs as a person steadily conflicting with his project. I really want to go through my life with a constant vigilance about how I do things and be very clear with myself about whether it's something I want to do or not. And the user strong definitely struck a very nerve wracking chord towards that end. Richard and his side project are an extreme case of this, I realize, but one reason that side projects are so crucial is that they force us to take a hard look at ourselves. They're a vehicle for self-discovery. Well, creating a side project is basically saying, I don't do this for the man. I'm not doing this to pay the bills. I'm doing this because I want to do it. And all of a sudden, it defines you. People ask you, what do you do? Yeah, I work for a bank. Oh, cool. What are your hobbies? Well, I have this side project. And people think, oh, yeah, he's the guy with a side project. In my case, it was, oh, yeah, it's Richard, the drunk UX guy. Your footer can take up your entire page on a 15-inch monitor. You probably have too much footer. I don't even know what to press on. Side projects are entirely ours because they're entirely us. They're opportunities to turn something over and over in our minds and go deep with it, and there we encounter our true selves. To date, Richard has reviewed 42 websites. He's received a flurry of press and hundreds of thousands of views for the user is drunk. And after taking a really hard look in the mirror, he's scaled back the project a little bit more. But he has no regrets. Yeah, the user is drunk for me was a project that opened up a lot of hard questions that made me really doubt a lot of the things I was doing that maybe doesn't look so bright on my resume to a certain type of person. But I did it, man. Like, I made a lot of money. I worked with amazing clients, uh, some of whom were very large clients. And now I can say I've done that. I'm pretty proud of that. I know that it was hard and that it was weird and that there were some negative aspects. But on the whole, I would do it again in a heartbeat. Richard has a couple ideas for his next side project to add to a list of ongoing projects he manages. And he knows that moving on any of those ideas could lead him down a strange path. He's been there after all. However, if anyone listening to this show has an idea and is wondering whether to enact it, don't wonder, just go, just do it. Because then it'll be done and you'll have learned something and you'll have made something. And that's so much better than sitting and wondering if you could or sitting wondering if you should have. Or even if you fail, you now you have a failure under your belt. That's amazing. You've learned some stuff about what you shouldn't do or what you can't do. I think that's spectacular. Everybody in the business world seems to want to copy their way to success. Follow the list. Find the hack. Worship the thought leader. But I know that you want to do the exceptional. However, 
The only way to do so is to get to know what makes you an exception from everyone else. And that requires the big questions. So, take your shot. And I mean that figuratively, not literally. Launch your side project. Give yourself the opportunity to ask the big, scary questions of yourself and come face to face with what makes you truly you. Because once you do that and emerge on the other side, it's only there that you can start to be exceptional. I'm Jay Akunzo, and that was unthinkable. Unthinkable.